welcome back to Free Wheeling and a Movie Podcast by two idiots who are very tired this week. Uh, I am your one of your hosts, Jesse, and your other host today is... Uh, I'm Matthew, but you said there's two idiots. I know I'm one. You're not an idiot. Who's the other idiot? Oh, no. I, I, this week, we're both the idiots because we're so tired and we ha- we've, we've have a poorly managed week so far. I knew I had to get up at 4.30 uh, earlier this week. Not, not even that. I knew I had to get up at 4 earlier this week. I still went to bed at 11 that night because I was getting mad at Destiny. I mean, that's fair. A, that's an idiot move. Fair. Um, yeah, like, I, I've definitely been like, oh, I have to be up super early. I'll just stay up all night. Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm ever going on a flight anywhere, which hopefully that happens at some point in the future, I usually just stay up all night if we're flying in the morning. So I can sleep on the plane. Yeah, I think my parents even then it fails. Hmm? I think my parents my airport. My dad's like, yeah, I've been up since two, and I'm like, good thing I'm driving. (laughs) Um, (sighs) So this week we are talking about uh, the 1981 Michael Mann film Thief, which is technically the first real Michael Mann film. Like, so there's credits on there before Thief but they're TV movies and they're shorts and they're documentaries and they're one TV series. So Thief is the first like theatrical movie he directed. Yeah. They, um, they call it his feature film debut. Yeah. Um, and he didn't write Thief. So we can't give him that. You sure credit. about that? I mean, oh, wait, no, he did. Okay. Why does that not show up when I was looking all of a sudden? Am I blind? No, there it is. I'm looking at all the TV stuff. I'm like, that's all later. Yeah, that's all later. <laughs> you have IMDb open, correct? I do. Yeah, and I, I'm looking at the Wikipedia, so I, we could we could cross reference our incorrect sources. It's fine. Um, I really like that on IMDb. There's there's three stars under stars. It's James Con, which we'll talk about James Con. Uh, Tuesday. Oh yes, we'll we talk about James Con. Uh, Tuesday well is Jesse, and then Willie Nelson, which I didn't know Willie Nelson was in this movie. So when he went to prison. <laughs> And all of a sudden, Willie Nelson appears out of nowhere, and I saw, God bless I saw that Nelson. I saw that in the in the opening credits, I think, and I'm like, that's not that that can't yeah, be. Had and a, then I, I'm like, I'm like, holy shit, it's the redheaded stranger. <laughs> yeah, I had to blink, and I because I missed the, his name in the credits, so it was a complete surprise for me. And mm-hmm. um, when he when he came out, I was like, God bless Willie Nelson, but he this had to be like his first or like second acting role in a movie or something, because like he's staring directly at the camera, like over James Conn's shoulder. I think looking at Michael Mann's like, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Um, I actually think he's, I, I think this is, I, I know he had probably, he, it might've been his first like film roles, but you know, he's been in front of a camera. Oh, I forgot he was an electric horseman. He was in that before this. A, a lot of his life. So I, I, I think that a lot of it is probably like, I bet you he was just high, and that's okay. That's super Willie, fair. Willie Nelson can be high. I'll I'll, I'll allow it. In fact, anybody anybody can be high. It's cool. According to IMDb, this is his fourth acting role after one episode of The Rockford Files, The Electric Horseman, which I th- I forgot he was in that, and he's very good in that actually. Um, and then Honeysuckle Rose, which I have no idea what that is. Me either. Oh, oh, this looks like a a movie for sure. <laughs> This looks uh, like a film. I'll, I'll, do you, do you, uh, do you have Discord open? Because I just want to drop the picture of it into Discord. I, I always have Discord open. Yeah, so let me just go right ahead. Let me just, audience, if you're listening to this, look up the movie Huckle Suckle Rose. Honey Suckle Rose. I can't speak. I'm so upset about this poster. 
and just look at the the poster. Oh boy. Oh lordy. That's a movie if I've ever seen. That one. is uh oh man. What a poster. This is like they, they got the guy who did all the Indiana Jones cover art and said, Hey, do a bad one. Yeah. But uh when when did that movie come out? That came out, it looked like it came out like a year or two before this. So I think this is the the this art here is very reminiscent of plenty of films that came out around that time oh yeah indiana jones goonies uh notwithstanding but like there's a there's a kenny rogers movie called six pack that the cover looks a lot like this i think the original bad news bears looked a lot like this um at least like in terms of like poster art and cover art and and to be fair if you can't look up the poster the poster is just willie nelson with like two really young looking girls and he's like i'm about to have a good time (laughs) the man was 40 when he made that and and there's a bus of with people standing in front and and then it looks like is there there people with guitars or yeah it's probably about him like being like a roadie or music star or something oh Um, yeah one of yeah they're guitars uh, so back to Thief. Um, so mm-hmm. the basic premise of Thief is James Conn plays a character named Frank. Um, again, one of I always say again when I haven't even made a first point. Uh, you know but, what? You made a ton, you made a ton of good points before we started recording. So I, I it's fine. Um, but one of my favorite things about noir movies, uh, especially like really well done noir movies, um, is they don't spend too much time building up the past of a character. Mm-hmm. And they don't spend too much time building up history with everybody. They they kind of let that be so surface level because they're the whole point of it is creating an atmosphere. And I feel like you very quickly lose an atmosphere if you build too much on characters. It, I mean, it depends yeah. on who who's working on it because there's some people who work on the world that can really dig into some stuff. But having only first names or last names for some of the detectives, um, but only having first names for most of the characters is I think one of my favorite things in noir. Just like don't worry about what their last name is. Don't even think about it. Yep. Um, so yeah, no, so they're James not related to that guy you know because you don't know their last name. Yeah. So Frank is... Thanks, Bagel. <laughs> yeah, Bagel having a good time over there. Um, Frank is the thief. We see him in a really, really cool opening sequence breaking into a, a safe. Was it a safe? Yes, I believe it's a, it's a diamond vault. Yeah. And the way that this is shot... I'll tell you right now, I, I, I'm, I'm already getting, I, I immediately have callbacks to Babette cooking a feast for people. <laughs> yeah, no, like it, 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 we have uh, so far a good run, I think, of creative opening credit scenes um, when movies have them. Because like, like Throwing a Blood didn't really have one. Um, right. Uh, but Michael Mann is just a man that knows atmosphere. Um, yes. I talked about last episode, I believe that i watched manhunt manhunter where's the manhunt oh am i manhunter manhunter um and that movie just oozes atmosphere and that's like the the thing of the movie and the Mm -hmm. same thing with thief the coloring the soundtrack this the the big the big frames michael mann likes really big frames where the characters aren't like the center of those frames yes um and so my I, i think for him that he understood from the get-go his assignments for these movies and like we've talked we talked about briefly before but like listing off a majority of michael mann's like directorial movies you have uh black hat which came out most recent uh miami vice collateral 
uh, Heat, uh, Manhunter, we talked, we just said, Thief, like, these are all crime movies, but they're sophisticated crime movies because the criminals are sophisticated, and the criminals always seem to have an upper hand on the good guys. Um, and, like, with Thief and Collateral, and um, uh, I think, what, there's another one. Where is it at? I was looking at it. And he, the main characters are the bad guys. So they're going to be the ones we're focused on anyway. So we need them to have the upper hand to keep going. But mm-hmm. with Manhunter and like Black Hat, like even though we're following a very smart character and stuff, from my understand, like they're 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 fighting someone who's smarter than them and they know it. Yeah. Uh, I'm very curious what Michael Mann's like ideology is when it comes to criminals and like why he why he directs and writes very smart bad guys. Right. Um, <clears throat> I was actually thinking of. So I, I'm gonna look something up real quick because yeah. I, the way you were talking about, um, I'm thinking of the movie Heist with Gene Hackman in it. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I'm I'm trying to remember if that was a Michael Mann film. I mean, I was looking at the Wikipedia just before it. No, David Mamet. That's who. Okay, all right. I was thinking. Okay, never mind. I think Mamet though is like someone in the same level from the stuff I remember of Mamet. Right. Yeah, I've only seen a few of. I mean, he did films. Uh, yes <laughs> yes he did i've only i think i've seen probably a handful of mammoth films i know i've seen house of games uh heist i know i've seen hannibal but uh the way you, you were talking about um, the, um, the show no Homicide no the, the movie with uh with uh joe Mag- i can't pronounce his last name to save my life joe mantegna oh montagna yeah and William H. Macy. Uh, it's also in the Neo Nora collection on Criterion. So that's like okay. I'll have to look at that because I've not seen that. Uh, but for some reason, we were talking about uh, like bad guy, like people going up against uh, like the changing of upper hands. Uh, it made me think of that film because that film. I think that film is a really good uh, back and forth. It's a very good yo-yo of power. Yeah. Uh, throughout that film, um, but uh, but yeah, I. I agree with what you were saying. I would like to. I would like to. I would like to. Hey, Michael. Michael Mann, if you're listening, uh, come on the come show. On the we show. want to talk. Love it. We want let's to talk about you your like, favorite movie. Yes. Let's 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 talk about let's talk about your favorite movie and how you view bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> because like Frank is such a cool customer in this movie. Oh, and dude. He's like even when he's not in control because there's like I think there's really only one scene I feel like in the entire movie that Frank is not in control of what's happening mm-hmm. there, i mean there's scenes where he doesn't get what he wants but that's not because he's not in control it's just because he can't force people to do some stuff like when they're, they're trying to right. adopt a child like he's in complete control of what's happening in that room but he just can't Which, get holy of, shit what a fucking mood oh yeah. my god <laughs> but like like the way he like just destroys that lady that like is like was like oh you were in prison he's like i don't care what i was <laughs> like <laughs> give me a child yeah it's not about what i was it's about where i am yeah and like even in this with the one scene which i think is the mob scene where he like tells him he doesn't or not even that the scene after he tells the mob like i don't want to be a part of this anymore 
uh, mm-hmm. where the, that first shootout happens. Like that's the only scene where he's not controlled because he got caught off guard. Um, yes. But like I think about when he's going to get his diamonds after his uh, or the money for his diamonds after his uh, what were they called? Um, his broker, his his fence dies. Mm. Uh, just like how he pulls the gun on the guy. <laughs> yeah, just in, in in broad daylight. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was watching. I was like, he's a, he's a broad. They they all see his face. Yeah, it's just like like, and I think there's there probably goes into like uh, a wolf tends to know when he's in a pack of sheep. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I I think that's definitely that's definitely the entire tone of that's the entire tone of a lot of this movie until mm-hmm. like all of the quote unquote wolves get together and then that's when friction happens and it i think it's actually masterfully executed throughout and, and I want for to talk a about debut feature holy yeah. crap i want to talk about the ending of it but i want to hold off just a little bit um mm-hmm. because we were talking about very briefly before or i i was mentioning before and you wanted to like jump in uh, when we start recording the yes. emptiness of this movie because this movie is two hours long but mm-hmm. for a movie that's two hours long not a lot happens or it happens very quickly um yes and so there's plenty of room for them to just kind of dawdle which in terms of plot points this is uh this is the this meeting could have been an email of, yeah for most of, of the movie like yeah because it's just like oh because plot, the plot is man does thief like that's yeah man, man does man does man does crime and you made this movie you, a tight 90 and just walked out yep yep and i'll bet you lesser directors could would have and probably found ways to to profit on it yeah um there i, I think about the scene where he's going to get jesse uh from that's his that's love interest for this movie mm-hmm. where he's going to get her at the bar which uh a very young uh well, uh, William Peterson, I think it's William Peterson, the guy who's the manhunter yes. the next movie, uh, is mm-hmm. the bartender that he punches. Um, yep. Or almost pulls a gun on. But like that whole scene is very long <laughs> and very right. drawn out, but you're not bored on it because you're like, you're what? And again, <laughs> it's James Conn being the most intimidating, nicest looking person in the world because he's trying to get, he's forcing Jesse into the car because he's like, let's just go. <laughs> and some mm-hmm. guy's like, hey, what's going on? And he just hauls off and decks the dude. He's like, just, just step, step away, buddy. Yeah, just <laughs> well, no hesitation. I, think, I mean, in terms of like where Khan is in in, in 1980, 81, like he's still, he's still essentially Michael or uh, Sonny Corleone. Yeah, like he's he's still doing that from The Godfather, and I don't, I don't think that's bad, but uh, he's still doing it well. I mean, yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't seen a lot of James Khan movies, but clearly he's still just definitely santino corleone i mean if it makes you feel any better i've never seen the godfather so I, this is like other than elf which i knew like he did not kind of enjoy making that movie because everyone was so goofy oh yeah uh, i think this might be the only no i saw i've seen misery so this i think these might be like the two, two have you ever seen Con- mickey blue eyes <laughs> no Just don't it's, it's not that good um but yeah james Con's uh history is not um, a movie oh Oh, I forgot he's he's in Dick Tracy. Okay, so I probably I don't remember him Dick Tracy, but yeah, uh, I've seen Dick Tracy. Um, I've seen Dick Tracy. What is he? In? Who is he in Dick Tracy? Uh, Spadani. He's probably a bad guy in heavy makeup. Like if we're being honest. Huh. Um, All right. I'm still looking at James Conn stuff. Yeah, it's about so I've seen him like in three things. Like if we're being real honest. Right. Yeah. Um, 
So, but again, like Jim Con, I, I am so enamored by how cool some of these old actors can be in these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Wearing the hell out of a leather jacket and a suit. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> and like, I love like Gene Hackman in a lot of his older movies. Like, I love the idea of this, like, this man is balding. This is a balding man. And mm-hmm. you're scared of him. Yeah. Like, Nowadays, you saw you him on the street today. Like you, 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 if you see if you see Gene Hackman in the French Connection on the street today, you think he's going to sell you insurance. You yeah. don't think he's a hard cop. But in, when you're watching that movie, you're like, I, I am here. I am into mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Um, also, very young Jim Belushi in this movie uh, doesn't have a lot to do, but I enjoy every time I see him until uh, he sadly gets killed. Yeah, uh, I don't know why, but it's. Every time I see Jim Belushi, I I just, there's a movie I saw in the mid nineties that every time I see Jim Belushi, I think of, it's called Mr. Destiny. Mm. Uh, And it's, it's a, it's almost like a a weird take on a Christmas Carol without being a Christmas Carol. Um, It's not like set at Christmas or anything like that, but all I could, anytime I see Jim Belushi, be it younger or or older than Mr. Destiny, I always go back to lines he said in Mr. Destiny for some reason. My free associate, my free association in my head is is weird, uh, and my wife will agree. <laughs> we all have them. We all yeah. have. Them. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, just James Belushi, pretty like. I don't know if this, I don't know how, if he had done a lot of acting prior to this is he seemed pretty raw. Like he just seemed like he was just saying the lines so more than So this is actually. his fifth uh, acting job like on IMDb. He was okay. on two shows for quite a while, like nine or 10 episodes each of these shows. Okay. Um, and one short and an uncredited in a movie. So this is really his, this is his first big movie role. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can see that. Um, so here's 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 my question for you. you mm-hmm. We talked about briefly, like you, there were some things you wanted to talk about, like comparing these this to other movies. What yes. kind of what kind of thoughts did you have while watching it? So while watching it, I was kind. I mean, every so often, uh, a movie I'll, I'll watch a film and kind of have this weird conversation, like mm-hmm. either out loud or in my head while I'm watching it. It's it's, it's really good when I'm alone. Uh, so hopefully no one walks in and sees me just talking to the screen and says, hey, you want to talk about something? Um, but the conversation I was sort of having with this is like, okay, I get it. You're a thief. What are we doing here? Yeah. And uh, and I'm asking that question a lot of the time. And I'm like, I don't know what this is serving. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where we're going, but for some reason I'm okay being here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then by the by the end, and I'm going to I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna really discuss the climax. But by the end of this, I sort of realized what had happened. Uh, this is essentially like this is this is a this is an American version of Le Samurai to me. Okay. It's not really like it's not really doing the same thing that that Le Samurai did, but like that template that you know that that hitman template that lay samurai laid down this kind of does the this kind of does like the solo heist man template really well uh and i remember i don't remember how long ago drive came out 
2011, I think. And I'm just like, man, this is just, this is, so Drive basically ripped this off because I had never oh, seen yeah. this before. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, wow, the, even down to the synth soundtrack that's performed by uh, Krautrock Legends, uh, Tangerine Dream, like, this, this is basically 1981's Drive in a lot of ways. And I, I found myself just referencing a lot of pieces of media that I just know from experiencing them. I'm like, wow, this is drive. This is, this is where hotline Miami came from. This is, this is where, this is where so many things came from. And I never really knew that. And it was, it, that was a nice little revelation. Um, but getting back to the conversation, I, I was glad that like I had the conversation sort of as I was watching the film, they go, please not, not right now. I would really like to not have a conversation. I'm trying to have a conversation with Jesse and I will, I will be with you in a moment. Okay, cool. Love you um, uh, but uh, having the conversation, I was glad that it just, it, it just ended up being, yeah, it's just a thief movie and it's really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I know Bagel. Uh, I just, I love everything that is done it's not like over romanticized it's not over stylized and even the times where it takes to breathe are appropriate yeah i, I like honestly comparing this to like samurai i was thinking about how um when we talk about the ending of this movie and the ending of like samurai it kind of this is like really educational for something i haven't read uh, but Dante's Inferno, in a way, of a man trying to escape a personal hell that they've created, um, especially especially in this movie where when he takes Jesse to the cafe and hands her this really bizarre um, collage of pictures, and uh, the the pictures like are like, yeah, this is this is this is my life. This is what I dream my life of being, and it's just a very bizarre collage. Like a guy just had a fever dream, put pictures together. Yep. But, um, these these are my plans, and I have it all on this Polaroid. Yeah, so Polaroid. so like the idea was, and he he's like, I just want to get, I want to be done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. Like, mm-hmm. so it really felt like it. And have you seen only? Uh, no, only God forgives. I'm looking at only God forgives. That's the reason I said it. Um, the night comes for us. No, uh, it's very very heavy gore. Uh, martial arts film that's on Netflix but when the they're asking the directors like so what, what do you think about making an action movie he's like I didn't really make an action movie I made a horror movie because the premise of the movie is this is this guy's past coming back to haunt him and like can he escape it can he get away from it and that's kind of what Thief and like Samurai are in a lot of ways is that these guys digging their own grave and realizing I don't want to die yet mm-hmm. um, and so now we're going full spoilers of the ending now Yes. Uh, for me, I was so, so relieved that in the ensuing gunfight, because he decides he's just going to nuke everything. He tells mm-hmm. Jesse to leave. Don't tell me where you're going. He blows up their house. He blows up the place that they met. He blows up a bunch of things. Um, and then he and then he's like, I'm going to just kill everybody. Like, that's just yeah. I'm going to kill the entire mob that that killed my friend and tells me I can't escape. So he goes, he does it <laughs> like he goes yep. and does it very Again, very coolly, very collectively, um, and at, but he gets shot near the end, and 
you're like, huh, is this going to be one of those movies where he dies too, trying to escape, and he doesn't get to escape, he just dies? And then he reveals he's wearing a bulletproof vest the entire time. <laughs> and you're James like, Khan in control. Again, just completely in control of the situation the entire time and walks away. And I'm like, yes. This is what I needed. I needed this win. Yes, that it's a it's a very good win. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so like unlike Le Samurai, like he, he escapes his hell. He makes sure he doesn't get buried um, here, like like he thought he would. Yeah, this is the, the him walking away in that final shot is basically uh, Alan Delon dying with a smile on his face and Le Samurai. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. that's really what it is. Um, and and i love that any uh any final thoughts about thief as a film though because uh, like as we talked about before like not not a lot happens no in the movie so there's not much more to talk about just about just the space of it all and just how slick um i forget who the who the mob boss is i forget uh I forget his name, but that actor, the way he turns from an affable, you know, an affable guy to straight up ready to kill somebody in that scene where he's like, it's the scene where he, where I think where James Conn says he's out. Yes. And he's like, I gave you a house. I gave you a kid. (laughs) <laughs> I gave you money. You 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 don't get you don't get to you don't you don't get to leave or or I thought you were going to work with us. I don't yeah. I don't see I don't see what's the, I don't know what the matter what's the matter with you. But the way he turns just from he turns in from like man with a smile to the to Heath Ledger's the Joker in a, in a in a space of not very it's a space of like 3 seconds and it's just all of a sudden, like the hairs on the hairs on both my arms like stood up. So I'm like, oh man, he's mad. I, I thought while watching this when they're like they're gonna kill him because he's not gonna work for them. I'm like, this is why the mob has not has has lost so much power because they just kill people that don't want to work with them. And it's yes. like, or like, or want want a break. <laughs> like, he, mm-hmm. like maybe Jim, maybe 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 Frank will come back and say, hey, let me do another job. Why do you have to kill yeah. him? why yeah like, why do you need to kill him just just i'm like let's let's just have it mafia we know you're listening um always are let your, let your workers have some time off let them take their yeah. mental health breaks you know don't don't run them into the ground i, like, I know I, th- you... I think about goodfellas like all the guys that die in goodfellas just because like pride gets in the way in that movie it's like mm-hmm. They start making stupid decisions because they've been doing it for too long. Yeah, and I mean that's and, the point at, of that movie too. Exactly. Really, Bagel? Yeah, Bagel agrees. Bagel's like, what? Kind of <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, the, uh, Bagel. What do you want to say about Thief? What do you want to say? Um, <laughs> not to distract from Thief again, but uh, I accidentally came across this Gene Hackman movie I've never heard of, and he looks weird on the poster. So I want to share that real fast. Okay, what what what's it called? The package. Also stars a young Tommy Lee Jones. I know the package. I've not seen it. Look at this. Look at look at look at Gene Hackman in that poster. 
Oh my god. That doesn't look like Gene Hackman. It looks like he looks like Vin Diesel with hair. Yeah, that's a weird that's, anyways. That's besides the point. Yeah. We, we can watch that sometime. <laughs> I just like it was just Hackman at the top. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, anyways, so yeah, so, Thief, very good. Though. So Thief is very good. Uh as someone who uh, just to go off on my own little tangent here, uh as someone who's been a fan of of the genre kraut rock for a very long time, the mm. one the one real luminary in that in that style of music that I've never been a fan of is Tangerine Dream. This soundtrack makes me want to listen to Tangerine Dream again. So it's a very good soundtrack. It's a very good soundtrack. Um, uh, Bagel, what, what's wrong? You don't like Krautrock? Uh, Tangerine Dream also <laughs> composers on movies like, um, let me see, yes, Risky Business. Yes. Uh, Firestarter. They did Firestar? Wow. Uh, I saw another one that was interesting, and I don't know, I don't see where it went. Um, catch me if you can. I think that's them probably just on the soundtrack. Yeah, I think they're just on the soundtrack. I don't think... Um, unless yeah, they, they did that Saul Bass jazzy intro. That would be impressive. They were the composer um, on Legend and, and Near Dark also. Okay. Yeah, Tangerine. I mean, Tangerine Dream of those of of of. I think they are probably the longest running. That still semi resembles their original lineup. I know, like, Popova was around for a long time. Can was still releasing albums uh, recently, but they, their lineup has changed so much over the years. Uh I could. I don't want to derail this too far into that because okay. I could go. I could go for a long time there. Um, but but uh, we've said it before. I'll, I'll say it again. Thief, very good. And thief would and, recommend. Yes, would recommend. I think. I think there's only been maybe one movie on this on the, the movies we've watched that I wouldn't recommend. Even then, I think I would, just because of the spectacle of it all, and that's the Phantom. Yeah, like I. I. I'm, I don't regret watching that movie but i wouldn't say hey you should watch the yeah i wouldn't wouldn't say you have to go out and watch it um but i think everything i would say the phantom and melies is uh the couple that we really did not like uh like robinson crusoe kingdom of fairies and and uh oh oh rip stream yeah no mary fox was okay um but yeah so Pretty pretty good track record on this show, <laughs> uh, which is nice. Uh, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take the baton, uh, Jesse. Yes. What you been watching? Um, I've only been able to watch one movie in the time we've recorded because we had a little shorter recording the window this time. Yes. Um, I watched. Which, thank you for adjusting your schedule. Oh, get a problem. That. It would it would have worked it would have worked better this week anyways, just because I have to pick up my dad at like eight thirty next Wednesday. So yeah. Mm. Um. But uh, I watched uh, the new James Wan film, Malignant, which you can see more of my thoughts on our Twitter. We're trying to do um, this segment more expanded on Twitter when one of us watches something and we want to talk about yes. it more because we keep it pretty condensed here. Um, I do want to watch that movie. Yeah. It's, I, like, I like your thoughts on it too that you posted. Thanks. It, it's not for everybody. That's clearly been shown by the discourse around it. Yeah. Um, but I think James uh, James was like this was him trying to cash in all of his like credit and make a horror movie for horror fans, which take that as you will. Mm-hmm. I think again, it's James Wan making a B movie like he kind of started out making, 
even though Saw did super well, Saw is very much a B movie in its style and substance. Yes. And same thing with Dead Silence. And it wasn't until Conjuring where it felt like James Bond was actually making like triple A horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a triple A horror movie budget with a B movie plot and action directing beside it. <laughs> um, wow. So if you if you like that, if you like having a bonkers time, uh, I've been saying bonkers a lot lately for some reason. But if you enjoy just having a, a turn off your brain, get a bowl of popcorn and just smile from ear to ear the whole time. I feel like Malignant's kind of the best thing of that. Like Suicide Squad's very good, but kind of Suicide Squad didn't it took itself a little too seriously at times, which I mean it happens. Um Malignant never feels like it ever takes itself seriously, which is fun. Okay. And um, I don't really care if like you know what the, the plot twist is like halfway through the movie or 15 minutes in the movie or you don't feel it uh, figure it out until the end. I don't think that really matters. A lot of people are like, oh man, people have been real dumb like not knowing what the plot twist was. It's like, dude, I wasn't paying attention <laughs> like to, to like right. the, the hints. I was just watching the goofiness kind of go down. Um, yeah. I do think the marketing was a little... Uh, weird for this because it made it seem like it was another conjuring type film which 100 a monster type movie like that's that's what it, there's a big old monster in the movie this is a monster movie oh malignant is a monster movie or basically or yeah the conjuring but, okay but it may look like it was a ghost or demon type movie which very much is not there's none of that kind of uh heebie-jeebie stuff going on okay yeah i've i've i heard i i'm not super familiar with james wan's uh work like i i've not i don't think i've seen anything he did like i didn't see any of the saw movies just because uh that type of horror never really did anything to me or did anything for me mm-hmm. um and just browsing through his uh his filmography on wikipedia malignant will probably be the first film of his that i will probably be the first film of his i watched because i'm i've heard enough people talk about it in a way that uh in a way that uh, that attracts me to the film. He's the first horror director that I've seen. Well, let me rephrase it. Not the first, because Sam Raimi was another one in my mind that did this mm-hmm. the Spider-Man movies. But he's one of the, the more modern horror directors that have gone to action movies, because he did Fast 7 and Aquaman in between uh, this and the last horror movie I think he did. Um, Country 2 might have been in between there, but let's just say he's done two action movies recently. And this is his yes. newest IP that's horror. It's very interesting to watch a horror horror director go to action and then go back to horror because you you worry that they might lose something. I think Mm -hmm. if anything, James Wan has just gotten a little more creative with uh, how he does kind of goofy horror action. (laughs) Um, Like Drag Me to Hell is very much a Sam Raimi movie, but it looks better because Sam Raimi made (laughs) Spider-Man. Right. Uh, using, Using what he's learned along the way. Yeah, that's that's really my thought about that. It makes me okay. hopeful for more wild James Wan type movies in the future. Sure. What have you will, been watching, sir? I have not finished anything, but I've started and fell asleep to several things. What have um, you fallen asleep to so far? Uh, so Reba and I uh, at one point uh, tried to watch the movie Pleasantville, which both of us had seen, and and we fell asleep because working in healthcare is exhausting. Uh, this week I tried to watch uh, the movie Sabrina, which uh, one of my, it, 
one of my favorite Audrey Hepburn movies. Um, she's one of my favorite actresses. But uh, the beginning of it, I think I fell asleep probably inside of an hour. And the beginning of it, I'm like, man, I should, I think I'm starting to hate these people <laughs> already uh, because of just, it's been a while since I've seen it. And uh, I, I, I know that my beliefs have changed a lot since I've seen it, but, uh, but Audrey Hepburn in that movie is very magnetic. And then I started watching something. What did I start watching today? Vega, what did you start watching today? No, oh, I started watching uh, My Dinner with Andre. <laughs> and, oh, I'm going to watch that myself. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, it's been probably 20 years since I've seen it. And, uh, and it's the opening, the, uh, I fell asleep before, uh, before you, you actually get to the dinner, mm-hmm. where it's just Wallace Shawn walking around and it's his own voiceover narration. And it's, it's hard seeing his face on a screen and hearing his voice but he's not saying inconceivable like in princess bride yeah so uh but yeah that the opening the opening of that movie is uh is, is really good <laughs> and uh and hopefully i'll finish it at some point and be able to talk about it. uh next week i'm on day shift so hopefully i won't just won't be near as tired um but yeah, I've fallen asleep to those three things, and I'm pretty sure I fe- I fell asleep watching like uh, oh I started watching the second episode of McCartney three two one, um, and fell asleep during that as well. That's fair. Uh, so so uh, moral of the story is I I'm I'm tired. You know you know it's funny I've been watching a lot of Mash. Uh, the TV mm-hmm. show. I think we've talked about this briefly, but there's so there's there's uh, at least one episode per season so far where they just show how tired the doctors get working twelve hour shifts, and I'm like, that's Matthew right now. Oh, dude, yeah, <laughs> it's um, there's a there's there's a in in the OR there's one of the surgeons who's kind of notorious at our hospital for several reasons, some of them good, some of them bad. Um. But uh, whenever I'm in uh, a case of his, he'll talk, he'll, he'll have the circulating nurse play music. And depending on the music that comes on, he's, he's very fond of saying, oh, this person's going to get canceled. Or I can't say that because I'll get canceled. I mean, he's basically, he's basically being uh, a, a, a cishet white asshole. Yeah. Um, and and one at one point i was tired enough that i just piped up i said you can't get canceled if you've never been subscribed to he didn't yeah. like that yeah <laughs> he didn't he didn't like that oh man um so you uh, find uh, uh, he, oh, he called my boss and i said i said what i said and i didn't really back down just like yeah that's about right yeah no you, you shouldn't though that's the thing um mm-hmm. oh i wasn't going to not to him uh anyway go ahead i was gonna say our next episode in two weeks is, is gonna be our uh spoopy uh movie of october uh th- this in a way is its own spoopiness but not in the general the 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 usual sense of the term sure. um but we're gonna be watching the ascent which yeah. you picked matthew i have not seen yes it. i did um hold on let me the uh 2005 movie the ascent 
the person i don't oh, no, remember that's the descent where's the ascent no we're the we're the descent oh we're looking for decent okay i thought it was decent. ascent is a game that came out recently gotcha. um uh so the the descent is uh is an, is a really cool uh horror movie to me and i the jason who does our theme song um he and i saw it around the same time we didn't see it together we didn't talk about it beforehand but i think i after uh coming out of it in the theater i texted him immediately and said Hey, have you seen have you seen the descent? And he's like, I just watched that. Holy shit. And we like talked about it for hours. Um, so yeah, we'll be watching that in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really good. And again, if you have any thoughts on any of the movies we've already talked about, the whole the any movie, you can mm-hmm. go all the way back to that thing you do. You could be talking about Thief right now. You can email us. Or reach us on Twitter, and those links are uh, free reeling it pod on Twitter. Nope, nope. At free reeling it podcast, I had it last week. At free reeling it, you podcast had it last week. Nope. <laughs> what free is- reeling it. That's it. Is that at it? Free- that's it. Yeah, I can't believe we got the the, the handle at free reeling it. I'm, I must be real smart. Um, you were. Uh, anyways, your memory is not great. You're smart. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> Um, and uh, you can email us at freerealing at gmail.com. Uh, that hopefully is correct. That is um, correct. I, 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 I just got to remember they're both the same and I kind of figure it out. Um, yes. And you can follow uh, me on Twitter at sleeper of the bed. You can follow me anywhere, honestly, at that. Yeah. Uh, I have one other podcast called Why Comics and Why Comics Pond. Lovely episode with Glenn recently. Um, Matthew work. Oh, it was, it was so own. good to hear that Glenn episode. It's, oh my god, a, a joy, a breath of fresh air. Uh, where can people find you and your other shows, though, sir? Uh, you can find me at uh, infinite underscore rewind on Twitter. Um, you can also the other podcasts I do are uh, Trivial Merit with our friend Caroline, where we take eight song playlists to try and get us from a negative headspace to a positive one. Uh, We've recently done the genre of hip hop and uh, the band ACDC. Our next one is Most Def and Talib Kweli, rappers that started out in the late 90s, early 2000s. And we're excited to to do that. You can also find me on a video game podcast called Story Route Zero where three friends and I just get together and talk about what we're playing. We, we sometimes talk about news. Uh, none of us are, well, Jason and Michaela write for a site called obelisk.co, but uh, that's, we all have full-time jobs. So I don't know if, I don't know if they are considered in the industry, but we're, we're definitely more of a, a casual sort of, we're just talking about games. So that's where you can find that's where you can find me and uh and uh in fact just because because i feel like it and he's so wonderful uh listen to the glenn episode of of jesse's podcast and follow glenn he's a joy yeah glenn's Glenn's great glenn rules (laughs) um and who did our theme song um uh our theme song is done by uh dead eye all capital letters, D-E-A-D dash the letter I. You can find his work at on Instagram, or you can find you can find him on Instagram uh, 
at Dead Eye Productions. He released an album in 2013 as part of the Hope Street Steppers. It's one of the best reggae albums I've ever heard. And recently, uh, he has sent me the album artwork for his album. It's not ready to come out yet. It's about to be mastered. But when it's out, we will probably be talking about it. So I know why I will be because I've heard I've heard all of it. I think it's wonderful. So so uh, so, yeah. And uh, thank you guys again for listening. And remember, uh, when you're done eating that popcorn floss, because there's going to be a kernel or two stuck in your gums and they're going to be stuck there for like three years if you don't get them out tonight. Um, or just leave them there so your dentist can hate you that that too um (laughs) goodbye everybody